the body of sin is brought to nothing. If we have died with Christ, the body of sin within us is then brought to nothing. It is rendered ineffective is what that means. So think of it this way then. In Christ, died to sin, the body of sin is brought to nothing. Therefore then, alive in Jesus Christ, sin is no longer our master. Hi, friends, and welcome back to Live in the Light. I'm your host, Craig Turnbull, and joining me is our teacher, Pastor Robbie Simons. And then there's people that are also joining us that make this all possible. People like Kathy and Michael and Nagam, our Live in the Light team. And then, of course, there's you, our listeners, however you're joining us. We are so thankful that you are here today. Hey, we've been considering the urgency of following Christ in our newest series, and here's what we're calling it, Life's Too Short Not to Grow in Christ. And today, Robbie, we are turning to take a sober look at killing sin, specifically being dead to sin and alive to God. Wow, sounds like some heavy stuff there, Craig, and I guess it is, but it's so important What's the single greatest obstacle to us becoming more and more like Jesus Christ, as we must do if we are genuinely saved in Jesus Christ? The single greatest obstacle is sin. So therefore, we now have to understand what the Bible teaches about sin as believers and then how we can get past, again, some of the battles that we face in order to see more progress because the point of this series in Romans 6, 7, and 8, if we are truly saved, we have to grow. There there are no exceptions to this theologically. We're going to have bad days, we're going to have some bad seasons, but at the end, we will overcome that by God's grace and strength and spirit and we will begin to see progress within our lives over the course of our lifetime. So again, such a fundamental series. As always, if the Lord is working in your heart and life, oh, let our team know. Again, Craig mentioned our team by name here. We are here together, and we'd love to hear how God is working in the lives of his people. It really is a blessing to us, as you can imagine. So a serious series, but also a wonderful opportunity within this series. And we jump back into... Romans 6 right now. All right, I hope you're sober to the reality of sin, but also to be encouraged, as Robbie said. But also, as Robbie said, if you'd love to reach out to us, we'd love to hear from you. You can get to our website at liveinthelight.ca or through our phone line at 1-844-22-LIGHT. All right, let's turn things back over to Pastor Robbie now in Romans chapter 6, beginning in verse 6. Please open your Bibles to Romans chapter 6. I pray you were eager and expectant to do that. I have no message apart from God's Word, so we're going to be just sticking with the verses that are in front of us with great expectation. We're in the second week of our series in Romans chapter 6 to 8. Spending a couple months there, we're excited. Life is too short not to grow in Christ because that is our highest calling as believers in Jesus Christ. That's how, listen carefully, that's how God gets glory, right? We change, God gets glory. That's why we are called to bear fruit in Jesus. Now remember, Jesus says, um, you shall prove to be my disciples, John 15, as you bear much fruit. So growth is proof of our discipleship and salvation in Christ. 
when we're truly saved, we change. When we change, then we bear fruit. So this timing for the series is great. And would you use it, Lord, in us? Remember this too, right? We have not been saved to sit on our tushes, right? That's not, that's not why we're saved. We're saved to grow. We're saved to grow in Jesus Christ. So our sermon title today is this, right out of our passage, Dead to Sin, Alive to God. Dead to Sin, Alive to God. I want you to think about that. Why? Because it's true for those who are saved in Christ. You are dead to sin and you are alive to God. What a joy that is to be able to say, like in Christ, I'm dead to sin. Again, like, like these, are, these are truths I'm going to make you sin on and cultivate somewhat, right? I'm dead to sin. I'm alive to God in Jesus Christ. I'm alive to God. I'm alive to God. So like a glorious flower that bursts forth in bloom, right? And we see it in its glory and it's so beautiful. That is us in Christ. Like just the baptism story we just heard from Scotty. I mean, it's so clear, dead, alive, lost, found, hopeless, massive hope. And all of a sudden Christ comes in and an explosion of fruitfulness for the glory of God. That's what Jesus Christ does. Scotty's saying, I'm dead to sin. I'm alive to God. Not because of what I've done, because of what Jesus Christ has done. But unlike a flower that fades, in Christ, we have a glory and a bloom that lasts for eternity. Because Jesus Christ, as he said over and over again, he grants eternal life. And so those of us who are saved in Jesus Christ, this is our reality, this is our hope, and this is our future. So much to go through today. I'm excited. I pray that you're getting excited too. Look at Romans 6, and we'll read our passage from verses 6 to 11. It says this, such powerful truth today. Oh, Holy Spirit, teach and help and encourage. Verse 6, we know that our old self was crucified with him, with Christ, notice, in order that the body of sin might be brought to nothing. Notice, so that, progression, right, we would no longer be enslaved to sin. For one who has died to sin has been set free from sin. Now, if we have died with Christ, we believe, that's okay, we believe that we will also live with him. We know that Christ being raised from the dead will never die again. Death no longer has dominion over him. For the death he died, he died to sin once for all of us who believe, but the life he lives, he lives to God. Now here's the whole conclusion and the summary. So you also then, if you're alive in Jesus Christ, if you've been saved, you must consider yourselves dead to sin and alive to God in Christ Jesus. Powerful truth today. We're going to shatter some lies today. Like some of you watching at home, some of you here right now, we're going to shatter some lies and we're going to shine some light in the darkness. Okay, We're going to shine some light by God's grace and power of the Holy Spirit through his word. We're going to shine some light in the darkness. Let's get to our outline then. Point number one is this. In Christ, in Christ, understand, I am no longer enslaved to sin. In Christ, I am no longer enslaved to sin. Again, verse six, notice, we know, we know, we know, that's so important, that our old self was crucified with him 
in order that the body of sin might be brought to nothing so that we would no longer be enslaved to sin. This is certainly deep stuff here. Paul is reinforcing what he said in verses one to five of Romans six. We went through last week. What he does now He takes another lap around the track. He wants to get more understanding. He wants to get more more people with him on the same page. So what are we learning here in verse six and seven specifically? We are learning here that in Christ, loved ones, in Christ, we are saved in Christ. If we're saved in Christ, sin is fully paid for, okay? How's our sin paid for? On the cross of Christ where Jesus died. That's why he had to die. So if this is true for us, by necessity then, if Christ has paid for our sin on the cross, if we believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, by necessity then, our old self, verse six, our old self, what's our old self? Our old self, other translations, old man, our old self is our unregenerate Life before Christ, our in-Adam man, before Christ, guilty, lost, dead, that has been crucified with Christ now. Our old self, unregenerate, in-Adam man, has been crucified with Christ. If our old self has been crucified with Christ, that is the moment then that the penalty of sin has been removed forever from our lives. Theologically, that is called justification. That is last week. We are justified in the sight and the presence of God. We are deemed innocent. The penalty of sin is removed. If the penalty of sin is removed, then the power of sin in our lives begins to be diminished. And that is called sanctification. So this is monumental here, okay? With justification, notice verse six, it says this. The body of sin is brought to nothing. If we have died with Christ, the body of sin within us is then brought to nothing. It is rendered ineffective is what that means. So think of it this way then. In Christ, died to sin, the body of sin is brought to nothing. Therefore then, alive in Jesus Christ, sin is no longer our master. Before we are saved, sin rules us. Sin owns us. Sin kills us. In Christ, when we die to sin with Christ, sin no longer owns us now. Sin, our text says, no longer enslaves us. Sin no longer imprisons us. We are set free because of what Christ has done. Charles Wesley, one of the greatest hymn writers ever, he wrote this in the wonderful hymn, End Can It Be, one of the verses here. Check this out. This is such a beautiful description of our theology in Romans 6. Long my imprisoned spirit lay, fast bound, bound in chains, and in nature's night or darkness, I was enslaved and imprisoned in my sin. Every person ever born, that is your reality. But then thine eye, God's eye diffused a quickening ray, a ray of light. And my favorite lines in all the songs or hymns ever written is this, I woke the dungeon flamed with light. Now, isn't that so true? When you are dead in sin, You are lost in self. There's no Christ in your life. But then Jesus appears. Jesus, by faith, his grace is received. He's the light of the world. He comes in. He conquers sin and death. All of a sudden, you're in this dungeon. But the dungeon then is 
inflamed with the light of the world who is Jesus Christ. For the first time, light shines in your darkness. You can now see. You can see. You know who is life. You know who is your Savior. And when you can see, notice, you wake up. You wake up the dungeon flame with light. And then this happens. When you believe in Christ, my chains fell off. My heart was free. You rise up, you walk, and you follow thee. Amen, church? I mean, this is the reality of the gospel. This is Romans 6. I have died to Christ. The body of sin is brought to nothing. I am no longer enslaved to God. What a beautiful description. In Christ, I am set free from sin. Because look at verse 7. Now look at verse 7. It says, for the one who has died has been set free from sin. There you go. Set free in my Bible has a footnote. In my footnote, it also says justify. That's so right, of course. There's justification again. To be set free is to be declared righteous by God. Now remember this, okay, remember this. Before we are saved in Christ, okay? And that may be some people here right now. Before you are saved in Christ, you appear before God in the courtroom of eternity. You have sinned. You have sinned once and you've sinned millions of times. You can't get into heaven. God is perfect and holy. He looks at you and he judges you rightly guilty. You're guilty of sin. We have sin. We don't gain entrance into heaven. One sin keeps you out. But then Christ comes in. When you believe in Christ, Christ comes into the courtroom and Jesus says, I give you my righteousness. I take on your sin, all of it. Jesus says, I die, you live. And all of a sudden you're standing there now, innocent. You are set free from the penalty of sin. You are justified, you are saved, you are made new. And now you have the chance to see transformation in your life as you grow more like Jesus Christ. The wonder of the doctrine we're learning right now. Again, and the power of what Christ does. Notice the progression in verse six. Take a look at verse six. Notice it says there, right? It says that our old self has been crucified. Now watch this for a second. Look up here for a second, okay? So text, so, so old self crucified, the text says in order that, when this happens, old self crucified, in order that our sin, our body of sin is brought to nothing. And then the text is verse six, so that we are no longer enslaved to sin. You see the necessary progression? When you are crucified with Christ, your body of sin is brought to nothing. Penalty of sin is removed. The power of sin diminished. And now you are no longer enslaved to sin. That's what Jesus Christ does right here in our text. Let's explain it this way now. Let's compare the old self to the new self. This is just a summary of what the New Testament teaches as someone is dead and someone is made alive. Okay, the old self. The old self, the New Testament explains, you are in the domain of darkness. You are under the rule and the domain of Satan, the prince of the power of the air. You are enslaved to sin. You are living in the flesh. You are living in darkness. You are spiritually dead. You are rightfully condemned in your sin. Sin rules your life and sin reigns. That is the old self. For anyone here today and you are not saved in Christ, this is what the Bible says in truth is where you live. This is where I used to be as well. And every, every person who's ever been born, we are born into this. Christ enters the picture. We are saved in Christ. We die with Christ and everything. Look at the massive difference here now. No longer are you under the domain of darkness. You've been transferred, Colossians 1, into the kingdom of the son he loves. 
You are now in God's kingdom. Christ reigns there. You've been set free. You live in the spirit. You are a temple of the Holy Spirit. He comes and lives in you. You are now under grace, not law. You are spiritually alive. You are forever forgiven. And now grace and righteousness ultimately reign over your life as opposed to sin and death. What's so important here too in verses six and seven, theologically speaking, notice here, right here, these are not commands. These are not, hey, try to do this and try to see if you can grow in this. These are not commands. What are they then? These are realities for those who are alive in Jesus Christ. This is your present position. This is a fact upon your life. Let me say it another way. This is not, verses six and seven are not describing a possibility if you're alive in Jesus Christ. This is describing the facts of your life in Jesus Christ right now. You have died to sin and you are alive to God. You are no longer enslaved to sin. In Christ, we have been given power over sin. Let me ask you, what sin haunts you? What habit of sin is ruining you? What sin plagues you? Jesus says today, I have set you free from such sin. You have died to sin. You are now alive to God. You are no longer enslaved to that sin. We have power over sin. Now, some of you might be here right now and you might say, man, honestly, Robbie, like I have no freedom in life at all. There's no freedom whatsoever. Okay, well, that probably suggests then that you are not saved yet. And the first step to freedom, of course, is salvation. Turn from sin, believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, receive everything that you're hearing right now. Jesus Christ, set me free, save me from sin. You are Lord, you are Savior. I, I, I ask you, I long for the gift of eternal life. And that begins the path, as we heard today through baptism testimony, that begins the path to freedom and now transformation. But once Christ is in you, freedom is no one. But here's a great question, okay? So we're in this text right now. It's such a beautiful text, so much here. If we have died to sin, as the text so clearly says, in Christ, if we're saved in Christ, we are no longer enslaved to sin, the text clearly says, then here's the question. Then why do we still sin? Because like my sin grieves me. Like the battle I have on a daily basis and weekly basis, it's just agonizing. But the text says, I've died to sin. I've been crucified with Christ. The old self has been crucified. I'm no longer enslaved to sin. So the question I have then is, why do I still sin then? And by the way, like let's say um, someone came up to you and they're new in Christ or they're searching, whatever, and they ask you the question right now. Say, hey, listen, I understand the Bible says that our old self was crucified. The Bible says I'm no longer enslaved to sin if Christ saves me. And they ask you and they say, so how can I still sin then? What would you say? Could you answer that? good moment to pause and just be like, I think mean, a lot of believers can't answer this question maybe accurately or biblically. Would you be able to answer that? Why do we still sin if these massive statements of truth are, are over us today? I'm no longer enslaved to sin. Well, let's answer that question together. I had uh, one of our team here, Mark Chang, put this together for me this week. And I think this is a super helpful illustration of 
we are set free in Christ, but then the battle of sin remains until Jesus Christ returns. This illustration is taken from Martin Lloyd-Jones and it's been borrowed by so many different people. So it's kind of like a big paraphrase of this. This is our life before Christ. We are in the field of death. All the things we just were listed before, right? We are saved to sin, domain of Satan, sin rules in the flesh. We're spiritually dead. We're condemned darkness. We're in the domain. Okay, so this is the field of death. This is life before Jesus Christ. When Jesus Christ saves us, we are transferred from the domain of darkness into the kingdom of Jesus Christ, the kingdom of God. Now listen, here's what you need to know, okay? When you go from the field of death to the field of life, you will never, ever return from here to here. Once you are here, you are here forever. You will, once saved, you are here forever. Christ reigns, set free, righteousness of Christ upon you. You can never go back to here, ever. Now, what can happen until Christ returns, right? Because of the sinful flesh, not yet, again, in the temptation to sin, not yet destroyed. When Christ returns, it will be. What happens is, what Satan and our flesh seeks to do is to distract us back to our old ways. Tries to harass us across the road. He'll never be able to come here and will never be able to go back. But he can get us to come. He can whisper to us. He can distract us. He can deceive us. He can try to bring us down by temptation to start looking over in our old ways again and neglecting our reality of our new life. So although I'll never be transferred back here ever, if I'm genuinely saved, I'll never go back to the field of death. While I'm in the field of life, I can have moments of backsliding. I can have moments of sinful temptation. I can have moments or seasons of weakness and where I'm not really living the way Christ has asked me to live. I repent, I return, I resist, I shut out the hand trying to get me insane and I go back to understand my freedom and the life I have in the Lord Jesus Christ. So, so I am dead to sin ultimately. I'm no longer enslaved to sin but I'm still tempted to sin until Jesus Christ returns. But again, understand this. If I'm given this, I will never go, I will never cross the road again. I can be distracted on the other side. I will never return to darkness though, ultimately. I will live with Jesus Christ forever. So I have died to sin. I'm no longer enslaved to sin, but I can still be tempted by sin, but I will never be transferred to darkness again. Ultimately, I am now living in the kingdom of the son of Jesus Christ. So here we have the understanding again of different seasons that we encounter, but the truth is I am no longer enslaved to sin. My prison doors have been smashed. And listen, only Christ can do that. Only Jesus Christ can do that. Here's a good thought too, right? You're alive in Jesus Christ. Maybe you've been a believer for a while. Take a moment right now. Consider what sin has Christ set you free from? Like go back to when you were first saved. What sin has Christ set you free from? The reality is there's a lot of us in this room right now. We can look back to when we first began with Jesus Christ and Jesus Christ has set us free from the sin of pornography or the sin of addiction. There's people here right now, you used to be enslaved and dying to sins of addiction. Jesus Christ has set you free. Some of you, you've been set free from the sin of lying and gossip. Like that used to run your life. Jesus Christ has set you free. Some of you, you were living in materialism and worldliness to your death and destruction. Jesus Christ has set you free. Some of you, again, were living in the sin of greed. You just, whatever it is. Think back, what has Christ set you free? You were enslaved You've died to that. You're no longer enslaved. The dominion has been broken. You are now moving on. You have set that behind you. So let me ask you this. If Christ has set you free from all those sins, and that's like, that's just true. You look back, like, that's right, that's right. There's some struggle from another time. But man, that bondage has been broken. 
Don't you think he still wants to do it now as you go forward? Of course. I'm not gonna just stop now and not change. Now you're battling new forms of sin and new things that are happening and Christ gives you the freedom to be set free in the past and the present as you move forward now into the future. Because we have died with Christ, we're no longer enslaved to sin. What just happened right there? A little bit of faith. A little bit of faith welling up all of a sudden to understand I am no longer enslaved to sin. He has done a marvelous work in my life in the past and he wants to continue to do that with me as I walk into the future because I'm no longer enslaved. Oh, but there's more. Point number two, there's more. In Christ, I will never die again. Somebody say amen. I mean, that's just, that, that's pretty good news today. Hey, did you wake up a little grumpy? Well, if you're in Christ, not for long, okay? Not for long. Look at verses eight to 10 now. Verses eight to 10, it says this. Now, if we have died with Christ, we believe, we believe that we will also live with him. We know that Christ being, this is so good. We know that Christ being raised from the dead will never die again. Yes, death no longer has dominion over him. Praise the Lord, that is awesome. For the death he died to sin once for everyone who believes, but the life he lives, he lives to God. So again, incredible truth here. Theologically, here we go, ready? If we have died with Christ, we will live with Christ. You can't have one without the other. If we have died with Christ, we will live with Christ. Here's a question though. Well, what does it mean to live with him? That's verses nine and 10. That's what verses nine and 10 explain. They explain the world-changing power of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. When Jesus Christ is raised from the dead, the world is never the same again. Why? Let's get a refresher of resurrection doctrine on the screen for us, okay? The moment Jesus Christ is raised from the dead, a number of massive things are guaranteed forever. What is guaranteed? That God accepted full payment for sin that Jesus Christ paid on the cross. If, if, if sin wasn't paid for, Jesus is not raised. So the moment Christ is raised, that guarantees that sin has been paid for if we would only receive it by faith and receive the grace. The resurrection guarantees that Jesus was victorious over death. He will never, ever die again. Jesus is the first fruits. The first fruits was a farming term, a sample of the promise to come. Jesus Christ raised to a glorified, perfect, resurrected body. It's the first fruits for us who believe there's victory, there's victory over death. Sin, Satan, and death are forever defeated. When Jesus Christ is raised from the dead, sin, Satan, and death, all your days are numbered. Like you're doomed. And the moment Jesus Christ returns, that is all fulfilled. The resurrection guarantees believers' forgiveness and justification. It guarantees that if you are in Christ, you are forgiven forever. It guarantees that you are justified, again, completely forever. That will never change. The resurrection guarantees our heavenly reign with Christ forever. And the resurrection guarantees, I mean, this is just so encouraging too. All this is just absolutely mind-blowing, world-changing. It guarantees the believer's resurrected body. That, that, that one day soon you will remove this earth suit that you are currently wearing, right? Right, right? This earth suit of pain and aches and groaning and aging and disease and cancer, whatever it might be, and all the things that bring us down one day soon we will see perfection in Jesus Christ, the resurrected body. So because of all this resurrection truth, the resurrection doesn't happen, we're all dead, it's all done, and we're, we're to be pitied, as Paul says, it's over. But the resurrection has happened. 
and therefore all the hope you could possibly imagine is yours in Christ Jesus. No wonder then Paul says, hey, death, hey, death, where's your victory? Hey, death, where's your sting? Hey, death, what do you got, man? What do you got, death? You got nothing because Jesus Christ has defeated death and I have died with Christ, so I will live with Christ. And if I will live with Christ, then there's nothing to fear in death itself. Now listen, if you're alive in Jesus Christ right now, are you genuinely saved? If you're genuinely saved, this truth applies to you. Again, today just became another good day, loved ones, okay? This applies to you right now. You are alive in the Lord Jesus Christ. You cannot die. You know, it's interesting. I read this week, I was reminded this week, there's a bunch of tech billionaires that are trying to cheat death. They're trying to develop this technology or whatever that they might live to 100, 200, or 300. Why you would want to live that long, I do not know, okay, okay? But they're trying to, they're trying to prolong life and they're trying to cheat death through their billions, right? And so why would they do that? Because they're terrified of death, because they have no answer after death, because they know death is a problem. So they're trying to answer the one problem they cannot solve, no matter how much money you have. And you have Jesus Christ, you have something that all the billionaires on earth could never buy with their money. At Live in the Light, we believe that through the faithful and the passionate preaching of God's word, disciples will be made and the church will be strengthened. That's all for today, listeners. Join us again next time here on Live in the Light. I wanna-